Bree with Freedom of the Spirit Ministries, and I am bringing you a podcast segment of Spiritual Warfare. Spiritual Warfare. I believe that in today's age, in society today, in our culture, I believe that spiritual warfare is more evident than ever. I believe that we've always been through spiritual warfare, but I particularly believe that in our time period, in this day and age, in society, I believe that spiritual warfare is happening a lot more frequently, and I believe that there may be some people out there that are not seeing exactly what it is. So I wanted to kind of come to you with the message of spiritual warfare, and um, you know, first I want to share a story about, about what happened with me one time. And this really opened up my eyes to the spiritual warfare that is actually out there. So this is a story that actually happened to me um, on June 21st, 2017 at 4.20 a.m. actually. Um, you know, somehow my daughter, she woke me up by headbutting me. Uh, we were in that phase where our daughter would get into bed with us and... Um, you know, she would sprawl out in the bed, and you know how you get that little foot in your back, and mom gets that head in her her uh, chest, and uh, her, the hands all over the ribs, and uh, you know how the kids spread out when they get into bed with you. Um, but anyway, our daughter ended up getting into bed, and um, she woke me up, and she woke my wife up, and uh, my wife asked if I was okay, and I said, yeah, you know, our, our daughter is actually waking me up, and I wasn't really getting any sleep anyways, so I took our daughter back to her bed and uh, tucked her in, and I felt like I just needed to go upstairs. As I was up there, I got on this uh, Gemetria calculator. Uh, if anybody don't know what a Gemetria calculator is, it's a calculator that you, you have associated with letters and numbers. And for every letter, there's a number to that name. Um, and the old Hebrews used to use this. But uh, I started typing names of this calculator. And the reason for this calculator is to bring up a number for a name. So, you know, in Revelations, it says the mark of the beast, and his number would be 666. So I'm one of the people that loves to study prophecy, and I'm one of the people who loves to get the answers, and I'm one of those people who just digs into the Bible as much as I can to try to get those answers. Uh, sometimes we don't get those answers unless the Holy Spirit uh, allows us to have the knowledge of those answers. But anyway, uh, I was up there on the geometric calculator, and, and I started typing in some names, and for a long time I've been getting numbers flying at me, uh, two sets of numbers. Uh, when I was working for the police department, Anticulture Control Division, uh, my my badge number, I would always, you know, it would always kind of come up. Um, for a long time, I would have my badge number just show up out of nowhere, like price tags, and um, you know, if we're buying groceries there in a bank account, that number would show up. So it kind of intrigues me when numbers start showing up. But there was another number that kept showing up. Uh, that showed up on my credit card. Not one credit card, but two credit cards. It also showed up uh, in the in my bank account, in our bank account. It showed up when I was getting groceries. Um, and it seemed like every time I look at a clock, I would see my badge number. And every time I would look um, at an account or something, I would see this other three number. And the other three number was the, the triple sixes, 666. Um, so... My badge number and the mark of the beast, I keep seeing. I would keep seeing. As I was sitting there, I was typing in names just to see if I would hit on this calculator. Uh, then I had a phrase come into my head, and I felt as though there was a name to type in. This name was the Turkish president, um, Recep Erdogan. Uh, so I typed that name into the calculator, and I didn't get a hit. Matter of fact, it came out to about 1,200, so... I didn't really seem to be phased. Uh, I then had a feeling something in the name was wrong, so I redid the research and eliminated. I redid the search and eliminated his middle name, and I got you know 624. Um, I was like, okay, and I was about to go back to bed. Then I felt something else was wrong. I then looked at his name, and then I looked at the calculator, and something in me was like, hello, this is an English geometric calculator take off the apostrophes, take off the accents. So I removed the accents, the punctuation marks, um, 
and I removed it and I hit enter. And what came to my surprise was three sixes. I then was in complete shock after years of searching one name. I, I now had the number that I've been looking for for years. Now the question is, is this the Antichrist? I'm not going to say this is the Antichrist. I'm not going to say it's not. What I do know is, is that something hit me that night. Is it possible that he is the Antichrist? Absolutely. The reason for telling you all this is not to get you to hear about the Antichrist. But what came next was, was a shock to me, and it shocked me to the core. i got to say, whatever, what came next was really something that I did not expect. I did not see in my presence, but I felt. After hitting the three sixes, the mark of the beast, I immediately felt evil in my presence. I literally felt Satan trying to instill fear in me. I remember going back downstairs hearing the noises and feeling the presence of the enemy. You know, my wife turns over again and she asks if everything was okay. And I told her of my findings and she fell asleep. Um, I didn't tell her that the enemy was in the room. But I laid there and I kept repeating the name of Jesus over and over I felt so much evil in that room. It was so uncomfortable it made me cringe. There was so much evil in that room that I could literally feel on my skin the presence of whatever was in that room. But I laid there and I kept repeating the name of Jesus. All I can do was repeat the name of Jesus over and over and over again. The name of the one who loves more than anything. As we know, the Bible says that love overcomes fear. Before falling asleep quickly, the last thing I remember was saying Jesus' name. Here is the part where I know, for beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God's protection is all over me and is all over you. When I awoke, it was though as a war had taken place, and I faintly remember a sword swinging and an angel protecting me. I don't remember much, but I felt the peace, and I said, Thank you, Jesus. And I told my wife that a spiritual war had just taken place. Right then and there, I found a whole new spiritual reality of spiritual warfare since that night. For Satan was desperately trying to get me to back off of this search. As I found more reality in spiritual warfare, I found new reality in Ephesians 6.12, which says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As I found reality, new reality, I found new reality in spiritual warfare. I found new reality in 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, who prowls around roaring like a lion, looking for someone to devour. I found that since I declared war the following week with the fellow congregation of a church and my fellow soldiers last week, the enemy was on the offensive. Saints of God, I'm not going to allow Satan to go into the offensive, for there has never been a time such as now to put on the full armor of God. We need to rise up to the occasion to stop the attacks of the devil and push forward to continue on the offensive. See, on this day when I felt Satan, it was as though Satan was ready for war. He came at me. I firmly believed that that day Satan was trying to put physical illness on my body. But thank God Satan can't attack me because I've got angels protecting me. The God Almighty up in heaven, my Father, has angels right here protecting me. And I saw it faintly on that one morning. Many of us know about the armor of God. Many of us know about putting on the full armor of God. We know the aspects, but are we really following through and putting on the armor of God? Ephesians six ten through 18 says, Finally, notice, Paul says, finally. He says this because he says, now it's time. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against your enemy, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I want to stress the word finally. Finally means finally it's time. This is what Paul's saying. It is now time. It is now time. He says, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes... Here's a question. Why would Paul sit there and say when the day of evil comes when obviously there was evil in his day period as well? Could he meant that the day of evil comes to a new day of new evil? Which we know Satan probably doesn't change because he's, he's always had the evil desires. But could this mean that Satan can have attacks that we're not ready for? When the day of evil comes... I believe Paul is warning us in our day and age that there is an evil coming that is far more than what we've seen or what we've been used to. So what is the full armor of God? Well, let's go into it. The belt of truth. Buckled around your waist. What are the dangers of not wearing the belt? Romans 12:2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The world we live in teaches that truth is what we make it. The good and the bad are relative and that there are no absolutes. Only equally valid opinions. That's what the world teaches. But the Bible teaches that truth is God's word. That good and bad are defined by him. And that there are eternal and unchangeable absolutes. Uninfluenced by opinions totally opposite from what the world is teaching in our day and age today paul wrote to the romans telling them to not be confirmed to this world part of that means not buying into a system of belief that says absolute truth is a myth as christians we know both that there is truth and that is absolute second timothy 2:15 says be diligent to present yourself approved to god a worker who does not need to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if you're wearing a belt, I want you to imagine a segment of that belt missing. No matter how tiny the silver that isn't there, the belt is still useless. Useless. To do its job, it must be one continuous, unbroken piece. Now, imagine living a way of life you don't completely agree with. Maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal after all. What are a couple minor points that you're not sure about? Those minor points are everything. They are everything. To try to live God's way without total belief in its validity is like trying to hold your sword up with a belt that isn't continuous. Neither will work. Our trust in God and His Word must be solid without break, or else we will quickly find ourselves without a weapon. No matter how effective the rest of our armor is, we are useless without our sword. We need to be rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing what we believe and why. So here's the question. How secure is your belt? How secure is truth in you? When you have a belt on, if you have a sword on, if, you're, if your belt is not secured properly, it falls off and you don't have a sword or a belt. Now you've lost your pants and you lost your belt. And your sword. But if that's, that belt is secured around your waist, you have a sword that is there that you can grab any time that you need. That is about truth. And that is how secure you need to be in your faith. How secure is your belt? Let's go to the breastplate of righteousness. It's in place to protect your heart from evil. Without righteousness, we leave ourselves open to almost certain death. With righteousness... Just as with a breastplate, the otherwise fatal attacks of your enemy are thwarted. What is righteousness? Psalm 119, 172 says, My tongue will speak of your word, 
For all your commandments are righteousness. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. To be righteous is to do what is right in God's eyes. God's commandments are righteousness. In contrast, lawlessness is sin, and sin is the opposite of righteousness. So to be righteous is to obey God's laws of love. Notice I said God's laws of love. See, if you have love, now don't get me wrong in this statement. The Ten Commandments mean everything. The Ten Commandments are still valid today as they, they ever were. But if you show perfect, true, absolute love, God's perfect love, you're going to cover all those commandments. You're going to cover all of them. If you are showing absolute perfect love, there is no way, shape, or form that you're going to break any of God's commandments. Now let's go to the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In short, shoes allow, shoes allow us to, keep, to step freely and without fear while we turn our full attention to the battle at hand. God's church is sent to announce the good news of God's kingdom, which will spread his way of peace around the whole world. Having our shoes on, we are ready to move, to spread these glad tidings to others. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 3.17 says, and the way of peace they have not known. In spite of all human attempts at peace, it is clear from the daily news reports that this world does not know the road to peace. The road to peace is God. God is the road to peace. The more you take Bibles out of schools, the more you try to sit here and you allow sin to enter your nation, the less peace that you're going to have. The shield of faith. This is what you have that can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The shield is different. Paul tells us that the shield is something we must take up, something we are required to raise. Stop strapping it to our arm. Because it won't do any good if you're just strapping it to your arm. If we don't make the effort to hold it aloft and use it, it's not going to work. We have to hold up our faith. We have to keep and cling on to our faith. Cling on to your faith in Jesus Christ and the aspect that he's going to take care of you. We need to cling to our faith. If you use one finger to hold a shield, that shield is not going to going to work. But if you grab it and you cling it and you, you literally put a grasp and a grip on that, that shield, you're going to have that shield. And you brace your feet and you let those attacks come and you're going to be able to sit there and thwart off the attacks of the enemy. Your shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. We could receive tremendous hope and comfort by focusing on the incredible sacrifice Christ gave to save us and the amazing kingdom that is the goal of our salvation. This hope works like a helmet to protect our minds from the discouragement and despair of this world. Christians have been called out of this world. Though we remain in it, we are not of it and remain separate from it. Our way of living and even of thinking should differ from the world's. We are to develop the mind of Christ, and as we have seen, that means having God's laws written on our hearts and minds so we can remember to obey, always obey the Obey God. Let me touch a little bit basis on this. Salvation is for everybody, for all mankind that Jesus has given. He died on the cross. He went to hell to get the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he rose three days later. See, he died on the cross for us, for our sins, for everybody, all of mankind. He did that thinking about every single person that would come into this world. His salvation is for everybody. And when we get saved, the first thing the enemy goes to attack is the mind. The mind. What is our soul? The mind, will, and emotions. If you attack the mind, which is the brain, and he gets through, he can take what he wants to take from us. But if we have the helmet of salvation on at all times... He can't touch your mind. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. 
Resist him, steadfast in the faith. Remember I talked about the shield of faith. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. See, if you're going through anything right now and you're a Christian, you're not the only one. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are going through this. Our enemy hates that we have chosen this path to follow Christ, and he will stop at nothing to destroy us because of it. Just as the helmet protects the vital but vulnerable head from otherwise fatal blows, the hope of salvation can protect our thoughts from our enemies' attacks and temptations to disobey God. Matthew 13:22 says, Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world and he becomes unfruitful. Without the helmet of salvation, we will be unprotected from the cares of this world. The cares of this world that bombard our thoughts and feelings. Imagine not knowing what the future ultimately holds. The worries and problems produced by living in this world would overwhelm us. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? With the helmet securely fastened, we can have the same confidence that Paul did, that the sufferings of this helmet of this, uh, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. This is what Paul said. He said, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We understand that it doesn't matter what happens to us now. No matter what trials we face, we know that at the end of it all waits God's kingdom and an eternity of, eternity of his perfect reign. And what could be better than that? There is nothing to fear. Nothing to fear if you have Jesus on your side. Nothing at all. Finally, we go to the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the blueprint of life itself. What is the Word of God? Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's Word, the Holy Bible, illuminates. It reveals to us the good and the bad the wise and the unwise. It is the ultimate tool in learning how to live the best possible life, free from the restraints of stumbling in darkness. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. See, God's word is truth, plain and simple. We can have perfect confidence in the fact that his words are accurate, true, and unerring. When followed, they guide us without fail in the paths that we need to walk. We can be destroyed by lack of the knowledge of God, but we will be blessed if we hear and keep the word of God. And the knowledge is not just for us. We are to be ready to answer others who ask us. Why a sword? You may ask, why a sword? Hebrews 4.12 is, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The all-powerful sword of the living God is able to cut through every defense our enemy can raise, down to the very division of bone and marrow. When wielded by a servant of God, nothing can withstand its ability to cut straight to the core of the matter and uncover the truth. As soldiers in God's armies, it is our responsibility and duty to use this word to discern the truth and then follow it. When God's word shows us something wrong in ourselves, we could use the spiritual weapon to surgically remove the offending thoughts and actions. Notice what I just said. When God's word shows us something wrong in ourselves, we can use this spiritual weapon to surgically remove the offending thoughts and actions. Unlike all other pieces of the armor of God, which were solely defensive, the sword is uniquely suited for both defensive and offensive roles. A solid defense is invaluable, but the sword is the only way we can complete the work we have been given to do. Notice that Jesus Christ himself, now this is so awesome, I, I really, this is a key point that I would really love for you to, to really get into, because this is our Savior, this is Jesus, this is what he did. This is exactly what he did. Notice that Jesus used the Bible to counter Satan's attacks. Matter of fact, Jesus used the Bible to counter Satan's attacks. It wasn't the New Testament, for it wasn't written yet. 
He used the Old Testament. That's what Jesus did. And it's amazing to to sit here and think about that. How did Jesus do it? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's think about how Jesus did that. We, all, we must also learn to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Matthew 4. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God. Now this is Jesus being tempted in the, the wilderness. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Verse number 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse number 5, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, for it is also written, do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Swords are used for close combat, not long ways warfare. Warfare. Could this apply the nature of a battle of Christian fights? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep always praying for all the Lord's people. Paul is charging us to pray for all the Lord's people. Now I want you to notice that there are seven things here that Paul has given as the armor of God. Now I want to reference to Deuteronomy 28.7. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be, to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. See, as Jesus was in the wilderness, he used the sword of the Spirit. In Ephesians 5, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us and offering a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Our soul needs to be protected. Our soul, like I mentioned before, consists of the mind, will, and emotions. Notice the mind comes first. What we expose ourselves and our children and our grandchildren to will determine what kind of life we will live. The armor of God protects everything that could penetrate our souls. When you look back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and possibly the 80s, you had television shows that were family moral values. Yet television shows that would try to teach moral right from wrong. As the 90s and the 2000s hit, you had shows like The Simpsons, Family Guy, who teach the complete opposite of morals. As a matter of fact, it completes disrespect to parents and disrespect to society. We are in a day and age where we need the armor of God more than anything. What we do, what we watch, what we listen to, it affects your mind. It affects your soul. I encourage you today, put on the full armor of God. Just as Jesus used the sword of the Spirit against the devil. Be an imitator of God. Be an imitator of Jesus. Use that sword of the Spirit. For it is written, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Satan, in the name of Jesus, for it is written that when you lift up, when you bring in a storm, God will lift up the standard against you. For it is written, resist the devil, and he must flee. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you must flee right now, for it is written. Use that sword of the Spirit against the devil and whatever he's trying to do to you. Put on your full armor of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a society where the full armor of God is needed more than ever today. We are losing our brothers and sisters in Christ as much as we are not gaining.
people to come into the kingdom of God. Let's go out with the armor of God. Yeah, it's good to be defensive, but you know what? Sometimes we need to go on the offensive against the devil. What I mean by going on the offensive is, is going into his territory, kicking him in the teeth, cut, cutting his gates of the kingdom of hell down. For Jesus even said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So, as a challenge to you, I challenge you to put the, our full armor of God on and take to the devil more than he takes to you. Our day and age, we need to see these spiritual attacks coming. We are in spiritual warfare. We are in a huge warfare. And we are in a time where Satan knows his time is coming up. His time is coming soon. He doesn't care. He wants to take anybody who he can with him. So I hope you were encouraged in this podcast today about spiritual warfare. There's a lot more that we're going to cover later on. And I just wanted to get this out of the way with the armor of God and kind of pull the armor of God up as a topic that we need to keep having the armor of God on every day. If you're having a problem getting into grace with God or you're having a problem getting into God's presence or you're having a problem finding time to read the Bible and pray, I encourage you get up earlier or do it the first part of your day so you don't have to worry about doing it later. Let's put God first. Let's get God back into our schools. Let's get God back into our government. Let's get God back into our nation. Keep Israel up in prayer. The reason why I bring Israel up is I am a lover of Israel. I love Israel and I'm telling you that Israel is God's people. Israel is God's country. But spiritually, we are his people as well. We are joined at the hip with Israel spiritually. If you are a child of God, you are joined at the hip spiritually with Israel. And if you are having a hard time with something in your life, I encourage you, get into a prayer closet with God and bring it to Him. First, ask forgiveness for yourself. Ask forgiveness for to forgive yourself or forgive somebody else. Because forgiveness is the number one factor that will take your relationship with God and put a block in between your prayers. We'll get into a forgiveness message later. But I have to tell you that if if we pray to God, if we're not right with God, we need to make sure that forgiveness is there. We need to get right with God. So I hope this podcast really helped you. I hope it was a good good podcast for you. Spiritual warfare. Um... Listen, if you need anything, you could contact us. You could contact us. If you need prayer, contact us. Okay? That's what we're here for. But spiritual warfare is evident now more than ever. Father, thank you, Lord, for the people that listen to this podcast. Lord, thank you for the people that have taken in your word. Lord, I ask that you be with them, God. I ask that you remind them of your presence, remind them of your love for them, God, as their children and you as their father. Lord, we are living in a day and age where we need you more than ever, God, and I ask that you bless every single person that is listening to this, this podcast, Lord. Father, I ask that you bless every single person that takes the full armor of God and uses it for the right reason. And that is to protect themselves in your care and in your love. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for protecting us. And we know you're going to protect us even more. Father, go with them. Be with them, Lord. Every step of the way in their relationship with you. Lord, I thank you and I praise your name, God. Father, we pray all these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining me today. And never forget, Jesus is real. Jesus is true. Jesus is the real truth. God bless.